It's the Dogcast, episode number 177, Dogs Take on the Tigers, slash Plainsmen, slash War Eagle, I don't know, whatever. Insert the uh, mascot of your choice. Dog fans, this is a little dogcast preamble. Old dog and I just got finished recording the show, and I'm fixing to put it together and put it up. And I got to tell you, a lot of people said last week the Positivity Show might have been our best show ever. I got to tell you, I think we followed up our best show ever with our worst show ever. This show is terrible. We don't talk about anything. We're rambling. I can't even follow what we're talking about. And I think what you're getting at this week's show, Old Dog and I, we're really suffering a huge hangover of high expectations. This show is what you get when your high expectations have been ratcheted down so low and you're playing at 11.30 a.m. in Jordan-Hare and the South's oldest rivalry. This is what you get. Two programs that have not met have not met expectations for this season. It's caused a little hangover and I'm telling you, we are all over the place in this show. So and when you hear the first caller at the end of the show, you're gonna understand why I'm even apologizing. I am apologizing in advance to the great city of Columbus, Georgia, and all the dogcast listeners there for this crappy show. All right, dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 177. I'm here, my name's Derek, and I'm here with Old Dog in the bunker getting ready for the Georgia-Auburn pregame show. Old Dog, we got a big one here, the oldest rivalry in the South. The 112th meeting between the two teams. 112 or 111? Well, it depends on uh, depends on what school you uh, go with. I see what you mean. It depends on which school you go with, huh? Absolutely. So uh, the series record, I got it, is uh, 53 to 50. You know, this is a classic matchup, the oldest rivalry in the South. Auburn has uh, gotten the best of us over the past few years, taken a few games in, and pulled a lead on us in the series record, you know? But now somehow um, that math ain't working right. I know. This and, is well, there's the some 112th. In I, I know. Okay, so it, the series crazy. record really isn't. 53 to 50. It's 50. It's 53 to 50 and some number of ties, you know. Adding but I up don't to even, 112. Yeah, I don't even okay. talk ties. Ties don't even make, they, they don't even make my my screen. Gotcha. So um, we've got a big game coming up here with with Auburn. And I'll tell you, Auburn is 5-5 five and five right now. And, you know, they have the feel of a dangerous team, old dog. We're going to... We're we're gonna keep this show positive. I'm not gonna go negative here, but I'm telling you, if you look at the stats, Auburn has a lot in common with Kentucky offensively and defensively. Um, they're good against the run. They've got a big heavy running back. Uh Ben Tate is a guy a lot like Charles Scott from LSU, the guy who absolutely gashed us. The big heavy running back. They've also got a tight little fast small running back named Brad Lester, who's a lot like the Demps kid out of Florida. And their quarterback is pretty much like the guy from Kentucky if he had more experience and a better arm. His name's Cody Burns. So what are you thinking about this game, man? I want to get right into it because this is a game where 
we could get in trouble in a hurry because Auburn is really looking for a signature win to hang their hat on because they're oh, not going. Lord, don't, 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 you, <laughs> hadn't we banned signature win, dude? Along hey, look, with along with swagger, look, one sometime last year. The defense is looking to get their swagger Tommy, back this week. Tommy okay? Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville is not looking for a signature win. He has had a bunch of those. Tommy Tuberville is looking to get his ass out of Auburn, Alabama. Wow. Because so, there are because there are a bunch of ungrateful folks that, you know, one bad season and they're ready to toss them to the wolves. So you, you and, think uh, are you saying he might throw the game on purpose? No, I don't think he's gonna throw the game on purpose. <laughs> but I don't think he's you know, and he wants to win it. Because uh, it'll probably up his uh, up his asking price to the Clemson Tigers when he goes knocking on their door. Oh, see now you're bringing in the coaching rumors, man. Coaching rumors, I like it. Um, okay, so I tell you what this reminds me of, and you and I had mentioned it actually last week. Uh, this is kind of like the '06 season in reverse. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot going on. We were a mediocre team, hadn't really lived up to expectations. We went into Auburn. Auburn, I think, was what, rated five or Number six? Number five in the country. In the nation. You know, they were ready to go. And we went in and I think, what, beat them like 31 to, 30, 37 to 15. You know, I mean, just it came out of nowhere. It made, it really made our season made Georgia people feel good about a team that they weren't feeling good about and pretty much just decimated Auburn and added to the legacy of Coach Rick as just a road warrior, a man that can go on the road and win. Well, I'll tell you, the the similarities don't end there either. Like you said, they were highly ranked, number five in the country. We were coming off four out of five game losses. We'd lost four out of five at the time. This year, Auburn has lost four out of five. We're ranked highly. You know, we're not number five, but we've we've been in the top five. Hell, we've been number one this season. So if you were a Coach Tuberville and you're looking something, you're looking for a win to hang your hat on for the off season, knowing that you're not going to a bowl game, knowing that uh, the Iron Bowl is coming up, this is where you make your stand. It really is, because I frankly. Auburn's got a lot better chance of beating us, I think, than they do of beating Alabama. Wouldn't you agree? I would, certainly from the way uh, Alabama is playing and the way we're playing, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, so, you know, Alabama, you, you've got – it's basically 2006 all over again. It's just a mirror image. We are the team that's got the – with Auburn nipping at our heels instead, you know. And, like I said, I don't want anybody to think that because – Auburn's offense is not that good. It hasn't scored that many points and stuff. You know, with the way our defense has been playing, we could single-handedly cure all their offensive problems. I mean, our defense is going to cure all of Auburn's offensive problems in one week. Uh, Ooh, ooh, sound a little bit of negativity creeping in there. Sorry, sorry. Get that in check. Okay, hold on a second. We've given up 125 points in the last three weeks. Let's talk about this meeting because I know everybody wants to hear about the meeting. You have to go back over 100 years, old dog, to find a Georgia defense that has given up over 30 points three weeks in a row. The 1,900 junkyard dogs gave up 30 points three weeks in a row. This team has given up 125 points in three weeks, and that has precipitated the big meeting this week, old dog. We've got to talk about the meeting because every time anybody talks about 
the meeting, they put it in quotes, you know. So I'm now making those little quote things in the air with my fingers. I got the you. meeting. I so, so you've got the meeting this week. You got two seniors and a sophomore. Rennie Kern steps up and says that people are grab assing at practice, and we've got to practice like we play. And uh, you know we're getting embarrassed. We're there. We got to check your manhood. All that kind of stuff. Old dog, what do you think the net result? of the meeting is going to be for this Saturday. Do you think the defense is going to step up and try to assert itself and um, shut down a bad offense in, in Auburn? Or what, well, do, what do you expect? I, I think it's probably very similar to what we had talked about, our end zone celebration with Florida and everything. I think the meeting will have an effect maybe for about two or three minutes. They'll come out a little more fired up. Uh, apparently they probably got to air some of their problems. I imagine there was a lot of finger pointing in there. You're not doing your job, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Hopefully that's been done. But when it comes down to it, it comes down to it comes down to execution. And in in a very positive light, we have just not been executing on defense very well. Uh, we've been missed. If I were Rennie Kern, I'd be pissed off that I'm having to make so many tackles. I know Rennie Kern is like my arms are tired. You know, man, I am tired of running <laughs> from you know one side of the field to the other to tackle this guy after he has ran past five of you. Well, you made a good point there about finger pointing because one of the big things that came out of the meeting is the terminology of what they're calling assignment football and assignment defense. They're talking about people missing their assignments, specifically players being out of position, not being where they're supposed to be, not playing with their head, and not playing their assignment or their their assigned man to cover. So evidently, hopefully, the idea is this week, we're going to play assignment defense, and everybody's going to cover their guy. Everybody's going to do their job, and they're going to play as a team, play as a unit, and Rennie Curran's not going to have to make every tackle that gets made. But so we'll isn't, see. Isn't that supposed to – isn't that what we're supposed to do every week? Yeah, that is what we're supposed to do every week. And but, the other thing that, that I found interesting that, that made me feel very good uh, – A real positive – absolutely a positive, is apparently the players have said this is not a coaching problem. Mm-hmm. That the coaches apparently are telling them where to be. They just have decided figure, not we to don't, do that. Exactly. <laughs> we, we don't need to listen to our coaches. Gotcha. So maybe coming out of the meeting, they have decided we are going to listen to our coaches. Uh, the coaches may know more than we do. And the other thing that they said is, they're just not having enough fun out there. And and I can understand that because when you're getting your ass kicked routinely, that ain't fun. <laughs> There's nothing fun I at mean, all about that. No, it isn't. No matter what you're doing, you know, if you're if you are getting taken to task every time, it ain't fun. And if by fun they mean we're going to cover people, we're going to sack people, we're going to lock up on tackles and actually wrap our arms around people and drive them backwards. I'm all for fun. That's the kind of fun you want to see out there, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Also, I also felt good that Coach Rick came out and said, Willie Martinez is doing a great job. Hmm. That there's no problem at all. Uh, this is just kind of a little blip on the radar. And my hope is 
as good a job as Coach Martinez is doing, maybe he will get picked up for a head coaching position somewhere next year. <laughs> okay. Well, I tell you what, we're going to have to leave that for the off week. Next week, we're going to talk a lot about Willie Martinez and the defense and stuff. I hope you're right on that, old dog, because I'm just going to tell you, quick aside here, I've I've really turned the corner on Coach Martinez. But I'm going to keep it positive. I'm not going to talk about that right now. But I do want to talk about this. This is something else Auburn's got in their favor. Last year, you know, because you talk about the way the Florida game went. And there's nobody that doesn't think that Florida wasn't more motivated and more serious when they came into the Gator Bowl this year. Auburn last year was the victim, whatever you want to call it, of the first blackout. You know, they got they ran into a buzzsaw last year in Athens. They had to watch uh, Vern Lundquist dancing, doing the Soldier Boy up in the daggum booth, man. And they also are not very excited about that. And they're going to have an extra an extra measure of motivation. Now, I know we don't give much credence to this pregame bulletin board motivation crap because, like you said, it's good for about five minutes. If you hit them in the mouth, they're going to forget about that soldier boy. But Auburn is coming in. You know, last year they remember that, and they're still a little pissed about that from that blackout last year. So there's a lot of storylines going on this week, old dog, lots of storylines. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, one of the big things, again, and seems like we just can't get it uh, get anything going in our favor. You know, we're we're reshuffling our offense. Well, not reshuffling, but we've got a, a new starters on the offensive line again. It's either going to be Josh Davis or Keontae Tripp yeah. out there. We're just, you know, again, it's kind of one of these perfect storm type things. Murphy's Law, all that. Anything that could go wrong with the offensive line this year has. Right. Uh, you know, your your best player goes down. The guy you think is second best ends up, you know, being your third string tight end. Now he may go back to his original position and, and start, or he's certainly going to see some time at right tackle. I mean, I don't think we've had more than probably three weeks where we've actually had the same five guys starting in the same position. No. And that just doesn't give us any continuity at all out there and again this is another week and that may be you know a situation that a good a good Auburn defense uh can take you know take advantage of because as poor as Auburn has been this year their woes are on the offensive side of the ball they have not been able to score points right uh their defense is stout yes and is going to be, you know, is going to present a tough problem for us. Man, that's not my phone this time. How about that, man? I don't know what's wow. going on. What is that? That That is the actual bat phone here in the bunker. Okay, look, move past that. Now, I want to talk about the offense, though, because I'm telling you, I'm going to give you the secret sauce for Auburn this week, man. A guy named Tommy Trot. I want everybody to remember. I want you guys to write down the name Tommy Trot. And who is Tommy Trot? you might be saying? Because their defense is stout, old dog. You're right. And we're going to have to take care of that defense. We're going to have to move the ball. I think Moreno is going to be able to move the ball. I think Stafford, depending on which Stafford shows up, Momass and A.J. Green and Noshawn no Moreno, we're going to be able to do what we do against Auburn. The guy we have to worry about, Tommy Trot. They're Auburn has a fantastic tight end named Tommy Trot. And if you remember the South Carolina game, I'm telling you what, if Jared Cook, the tight end for South Carolina, doesn't cut 
a ten percent uh spiff to the defensive uh the defense the linebackers and stuff for his NFL signing bonus, there's no there's no justice in this world. Yeah. Because Jared Cook looked like an all star against our defense earlier this year because we have a problem covering great tight ends. And Auburn has a good tight end in this kid, Tommy Trot. And he's making catches, moving the ball downfield, and Cody Burns knows how to hit this guy and use him. So I'm telling you, we've got to cover Tommy Trot this weekend, or that kid is going to rip us up and down the field. Because if he blasts us like Jared Cook did in the South Carolina game, we're going to have a we're going to have a long day. We're going to have a long day on Saturday. Well, let's let's hope that we have studied the you know some game film, uh, know what they are doing, and have made some plans to take care of that. Uh, well, you know that's a that's a coin toss at this point though. And also, along with that, they have got the SEC's leading kick returner and punt returner. Mm-hmm. But in a very positive fashion, Coach Rick has said special teams aren't a problem. Yes. He said we don't need to spend any more time on special teams. Special teams are not a problem. Now, I don't know whose special teams he's been watching, because <laughs> ours certainly are. I tell you, I don't know either, man. And, uh, you know, if... I, I, I know. Okay, I know. It's a, it's a, it's bad, and we disagree. I disagree with Coach Rick about our special teams. I happen to think that special teams are kind of a weak spot on the thing, especially kickoff and, coverage, and have been for the last two years. Yes. Which brings us to a couple more things I want to talk about that really don't have anything to do with the Auburn game. Do we want to talk about stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the Auburn game? Sure. Okay. Because we've been, we, Coach Fabris has taken a lot of heat here on the show. I want to. I've got a little defense for Coach Fabris, and I know you've got a plan here, old dog. Coach Fab is our defensive ends coach and our special teams coach, and uh, a lot of people think he's not doing a good job at either because we've got six and a half, six and a half sacks on the season. But I got to tell you, I'm going to defend Coach Fabris when it comes to being a defensive ends coach because he's the guy that gave us Charles Grant, David Pollock, Quentin Moses. He's in a down cycle right now for talent there's no doubt about it but I do think that coach Fabris knows a thing or two about coaching defensive ends so old dog give us your plan what do you think we should do with coach Fabris I know you before you've been saying just get out of here coach Fab just get going but I know you've had maybe a change of heart on this maybe you've got a new idea well you know and and you do point out you do make a very good argument for him uh and he has coached some fabulous defensive ends so, you know, in less stick with what you do good. Right. Let's let him spend all of his time on coaching defensive ends and his recruiting duties, and let's relieve him of this troublesome coaching of special teams, yes. which he has not done a stellar job at right. at all. Let's bring in a guy. Let's find out who's got the best special teams coverage in the world and bring that guy in because we need a huge, huge shakeup. Yes, we do. You know, on that. We really do. We need to change our entire philosophy on how we handle special teams. I agree. I agree 100%. We might even want to bring Frank Beamer down in the off season <laughs> to give Coach Rick an insight into Beamer ball. I don't know what we need to do, but I know we need to do something different than we've been doing. There ain't no doubt because about that. Because on punt return, punt on the punt team, punts, 
punt returns, kickoffs, and kickoff returns, and even extra points and field goals. We need help on every, in every category. You know what? We might need we need to be to bring the great uh, Bill Hartman back from the grave. If I could bring Bill Hartman back from the grave, that would be that would make me happy. Because Bill Hartman, great coach, great kicking coach, great punting coach. Boy, I miss Bill Hartman. Yeah, and you know they were talking about last week. You know, kind of being anomaly and stuff. I'll say this: Brian Mims has done a good job this year, and. Yeah, last week was not his finest hour, and let's give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, I mean, he's the guy that hit the 73 or 4 yarder against South Carolina that pretty much won that game for us. Right. Uh, You know, he got off, he shanked a punt, 18 yards, that block punt was not his fault by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, two, two of our four letdowns on special teams last week were you know, very out of the ordinary. Uh, you know, man, a you know a 96-yard punt return or kickoff return. Shoot, that wasn't out of the ordinary. I'm just surprised it took that long for someone to get one. Absolutely, I know. I agree. And you know, the rest of the stuff, and and you know, that wasn't the first time that Prince Miller has made bad decisions. Uh, you know, back. Back when punts are sailing over his head. Simple decisions, too. I mean, they're yeah. really what should be pretty simple. Now, I'll tell you, I've got one other thing I want to cover. And again, this really doesn't have anything to do with the Auburn game. But we're gonna, we got to get back to this Auburn game thing here in a second. But, old dog, Coach Rick made a point this week. I want to just see what you think about this. Um, he's talking about defense being a team issue and the problem with our defense, and specifically the problem with the scoring, the giving up 30 points and stuff, the giving up 125 points in the last three weeks. He said that we've had seven drives in the past three weeks, one that started on our – for the opposing team now. The opposing team has gotten the ball on the 41, the 29, the 25, the 10, the 9, the 4, and the 1. Seven drives starting inside our own 41-yard line. And, of course, that has a huge – I mean, that's huge against the special teams, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, because from the from – the, from the onside kick to the kick returns to the punt returns, all that goes to special teams. And but, the offense turning the ball over. And the offense turning the ball over. That's how all those were created, those three categories. So, but does that, in your opinion, I mean, you know, how much does that, how much heat does that take off the defense, you know? Because he's using that as a, hey, this defense isn't so bad. Look where they've been, get, look where they've been getting on the field at. What well, do you think I, about that argument? I, I I, I don't. I think it's about a half full glass of water. Uh, I do agree with him that the special teams and the offense have put the defense in numerous occasions behind the eight ball. The fact then that the defense lays down like like they're flaccid and allows the team to score touchdowns. I'd like to see them rise up sometime. Let's hold them to a field goal. What did we talk about in our positive show? Eleven for eleven on scoring touchdowns, man, you know, I don't care where you start. At some point in time, you've, the defense has got to step up. They've got to get the ball back. Let's get a turnover. You know, let's hold them three downs. Let's make them try to kick a field goal. You know, I mean, just because they get the ball in our territory doesn't mean we got to lay down and give them seven points. Uh, I think Coach Rick is not a dumb man. I think he realizes he's got some very serious problems 
especially with his good friend Willie Martinez. And at this point in time, I think he's trying to make the best of a bad situation. I'm hoping he will address a lot of these concerns after the bowl game. And I think right now he's got to say the right thing to keep everything going in a positive direction, much like you and I. Absolutely. Well, that's what we're doing here. So let's get back to the Auburn game. I've talked about their running backs. They've got the big, heavy guy. They've got the small, light, fast guy. And they've got the athletic quarterback with an arm. These guys have some weapons. And what I'm afraid of, old dog, is that they're going to cobble together or put together some, you know, rickety little offense, this spread light or whatever. You know, they fired their offense coordinator midseason. And now they're kind of in this no-man's land between the spread and between their old defense with a little bit of option thrown in. I'm afraid they're going to cobble together something here because, you know, you've seen the way our defense works. Look at the Kentucky game. Well, if, you do something off the, if you do something that's not contained in the tapes, like you start a fresh option play, we don't know what to do. What my fear is is that Auburn's going to cobble together some kind of rickety little offense that's going to work against us. Because if you do something that's not on the game film, we're in trouble. Well, you got a couple things there, and I mean to start off with, this is a this is a rivalry game. I mean the Georgia Auburn game is probably ranks right up there with the Georgia Georgia Tech game, just a little bit behind the Florida game. And in games like this, you can throw out the rec- – I mean, you know, this is all cliché stuff, but you can throw <laughs> out the records. Uh, but emotion, and especially in college football, plays a huge, huge part. And this is – this game is played on emotion. I mean, these schools are close together. They recruit the same guys. Most of the guys on each team know each other. A lot of them played high school football together. I mean, it's – it is usually a very, very close game. I mean, up until the last two games, I think over 110 seasons, there were like four points total yeah. that separated this thing. I, I mean, I, it's it's that kind of game. And, you know, all you've got to do is watch the Kentucky game, watch film of the Florida game to see what you need to do against us. Mm-hmm. And you know, Coach Rick's no dummy. Neither is Coach Tuberville. I right. mean, he is—he's been a winner everywhere he goes, and I guarantee you, he is not happy with the way things are going in Auburn, Alabama this year. <laughs> I and, tell you what, uh, brother, he has got—he's got two games left against good teams for him to make a stand. Us and Alabama, and I guarantee you, he's going to be pulling out everything he possibly can. Uh, there ain't going to be any three and outs in this game because he's going to be going forward on fourth down. Yeah. He's going to play like it's the last game of his life. Absolutely. And we have got to be ready for everything. We've got to, we have to learn from our mistakes, and hopefully we have. Uh, you know, this, for the most part, this is always the away team has always had an advantage. Yeah, and this, this is this is a road series. It is, and so that's going. We've got that going for us. Coach Rick is a marvelous road coach, has a great record on the road, so we have those things going for us. And uh, hopefully, the Kentucky game, the defense getting together, kind of airing out their differences. Uh, hopefully, we're going to see a change, and we're going to play like the Georgia team 
that we all thought we had at the beginning of the year that we have not seen. Well, I tell you, I think it's going to it's going to key on. I think you're totally right, old dog. And this game is going to key on two things: which defense shows up and which Matthew Stafford shows up. <laughs> well, um, and you know, and I'm not going to say which defense shows up. I'm just I just like for a defense to show up. Yeah, I know. Just a defense would be good. Yeah, that yeah. I can work with that. Um, I could definitely work with that. So, I I just hope um, that the defense comes, and I hope that the Matthew Stafford that throws it right on stride right in the bucket where we need it to be shows up and um and then if he does everything's gonna be okay yeah and uh you know along with that and you know we talked a little bit about it earlier but again coach Searles has a huge task ahead of him he's got another depleted offensive line he's got to put together and they've got to protect Stafford and open some holes for no shot mm-hmm mm-hmm well, I tell you, I, I hear you, old dog, and I just hope we get the game we need this week, buddy. Well, and, and you know, we, we mentioned this, too, and I guess in wrapping it up, I'm going to throw something out. We need a little research done. I know we are undefeated this year on Raycom, and, uh, you know, chances are we're going to play this game and our next game on the Raycom Sports Network. Mm-hmm. But has Georgia ever lost a game where they kicked it off before noon? <laughs> I do not Have know. we ever played in a game? Where we have kicked it off before uh, noon. I, I maybe. I, have I think no probably idea. one of those bowls, like you know, the Outback or one of those. I think they kicked that off like at ten in the morning. Sure. I don't. But, know. I don't uh, even want to talk about that. This whole thing is killing me. I don't even. I don't even like talking. The only. About the only good kickoff. thing I can say is at least it's on Saturday. Um. Yeah. But I tell you what, kicking a college football game off at eleven thirty a.m is real close to kicking it off at 8 o'clock on a Thursday night. <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, I and, go, neither, and neither is what the University of Georgia needs to be doing. I agree. I got one good thing. Hey, congratulations to Ben Jones this week, SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. The kid's been working hard all year, and he finally got a little recognition, which I think is good. One Offensive yeah. Lineman of the Week in the SEC. And, hey, we're now officially not the most penalized team in the country. Week week ten, we lose the mantle of being the most penalized team in the country. How about that? Cause for celebration. Woohoo! We're, now we're just tied for second. <laughs> yeah, tied for second. But hey, you know it is a it's a positive, baby. I take the positives where I wherever I can find them. Absolutely, Derek. Let's wrap this up. Keys to victory, same as they've been every damn week. Yeah, is that all you're going to say? Same Ab- as <laughs> a- absolutely. And until we do them, then. You know, that's it. I mean, there ain't no reason to keep repeating ourselves. I know I know the DogCast listeners have them written down. Gotcha. All right, Dog fans, that's going to wrap it up. Dogs, Auburn Tigers, at Jordan-Hare, 11.30 in the morning Auburn time, 12.30 in the morning Athens time. We're going to find out, just like I said last week, we're going to find out who wants to finish the drill. Last week, it turns out Stafford and A.J. Green wanted to finish the drill, and Darius Dewberry wanted to finish the drill, and uh, that was that was just about it. But we got well, a big game this week. Marcus Dobbs. I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Dewberry didn't even play, did he? No, you, got the, you just got double Ds on your mind. How can you have two guys on one team with double D names like that? Darius Dobbs, Demarcus Dewberry. Um, all right, dog fans, that's going to wrap it up for us. I know this show's all over the place. Uh, we're just we're we're 
we just need we need help. Dog fans, <laughs> 706-534-1516. Email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Uh, talk to you later. All right, Derek and old dog. This is a first-time caller, Jimmy Rock from Columbus, Georgia. You know, I'm about 45 minutes down here away from Auburn, and uh, I'm surrounded by all these war eagles, tigers. And I got to tell you, they're they're smelling blood. They're smelling weakness. They think that they're going to get a big win over us uh, this Saturday, even though they're probably the worst team in the SEC. And uh, I'm I'm worried about our defense. I'm worried about how we – how we performed, although I did love the very positive podcast. Uh, my family and I listen to you every time we're heading up to the games in Athens. And uh, you always make us laugh. You always give us those keys to the victory. And we just got to say, keep it on, keep on rocking with the dog cast. But uh, I just, I need something good. I need something big. I'm surrounded by all these Auburn folks. Last year, we smacked them with the blackout. The year before, we took them out when they were ranked fifth in the nation. And I'm just, I just, I just can't stand to think that we might have an Auburn debacle. Come on, pump me up. Get me excited. Tell me how we're going to win and why we're going to win next or this coming Saturday down there in Auburn. Hey, you guys keep up the good work. We love you. Columbus, Georgia loves the dog cast. You know, by the way, the place where the Georgia-Auburn game was played many years, many years down here in Columbus. But, uh, yeah, we we claim this city for the dogs, not the Tigers. Rock on. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. It's uh, John from Powder Springs. And I uh, just wanted to call in tell you I love the podcast. And uh got to thinking this week, um, you guys are great at giving a week-to-week uh, analysis of the games. And I would love if you would just take maybe two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, and take a little time and reflect on our season and just give us some analysis of what you think or perhaps some of the things that have caused us to get to the point where we are now. Um, And I'll give you one uh, just to uh, talk about. And perhaps this was a decision made in 2005 and 2006 where we only signed like three linemen, uh, three offensive linemen over a two-year period, um, and two of which didn't pan out, only one. I think that is probably a turning point for this season. And so I would love to hear some analysis from you guys uh, on the history of the dogs and perhaps some things that have happened this year uh, or things that have happened in the past to have bring us to where we are today. Um, love the podcast. Love to hear what you guys have to say about things. This is John from Power Strings. Hey, John, that's a great point, dude. We may take that up next week in the off week, or we may do it in the off season. I'm not sure. I'll talk to Old Dog, and uh, we'll see. We'll get together in the bunker and work that out. But thanks for the call. And next up in the caller is a call from the Count. The great Drewby from Athens. Haven't heard from him since the dog of Palooza. Thought maybe he had uh, fallen off the wagon. Good to have uh, the count back in the fold. What's up, Dogcast? It's the count from Athens. Uh, just uh, want to call in about the uh, the positive show. I like. The, I I think I like. I really like the positive spin. I think that's a pretty good touch. 
Um, you know, uh, honestly, we got three games left, and I think we can all win all three of them. So uh, let's keep on the uh, keep on the upbeatness, and uh, hopefully, we can uh, finish strong. Anyways, I'll talk to you guys later. See you.